2. Last week, we started in Acts chapter 1. And one of the things that we talked about last week is understanding that when you read the book of Acts, you have to know that the book of Acts is what? It's part of a it's a part of a series, a two-part volume st- series that starts with the book of Luke, and then it transitions into the book of Acts. Acts was written by the same guy that wrote the book of Luke, which is Luke. Luke wrote Luke and Acts. Huh? <laughs> yeah, Luke Cage. <laughs> and, and so Luke wrote Luke, and he wrote Acts, and he wrote them kind of in tangent with one another. And so Luke starts from... The very beginning gives you a little bit of a genealogy of Jesus. Then it talks about the birth of Jesus, talks about, you know, him growing up and all that stuff. And then it goes all the way until when Jesus appeared to the disciples after he had resurrected from the from the dead. And um, then it ends in chapter 24 with that. Acts chapter one picks up where Luke leaves off. And that's where we kind of found ourselves last week. We talked about Acts chapter 1, how um, it talks about what Jesus told the disciples before he went back into heaven. And so he could have told them anything, right? You know, don't have sex before marriage, you know, don't be gay, don't do this, don't do that. He could have told them anything, but what he told them was, I want you to tell everybody about me. I want you to tell everybody you know about me. And so, um, you know, we could say a whole bunch about what the Christian faith really has to do with, um, but I was sharing earlier this week, and this is a little plug about our Thursday night prayer walks. <laughs> um, I was sharing about how we preach and we, we kind of talk about how our, our culture has this mindset like we need to be loving, right? We need to share love. It's all about love. It's all about just positive vibes and all that stuff. And um, one of the things that Jesus told them, it's interesting that he didn't say, you know, go love everybody. He said, go tell everyone about me. And so there's a song called Love Has a Name. And I think it's interesting because how many know that our love is imperfect? We don't know how to love perfectly. We are flawed. We are weak. I am struggling day by day to love my wife well. We just got into an argument, so we, we went to North Carolina over the weekend, and uh, we went to go visit some family. We drove back this morning, so it was a five-hour drive. Everything was great, but you know, there's always going to be something, so <laughs> I don't know. I mean, on the way there, it was like we were in heaven. It was like, wow, I know why I married you, and <laughs> you know, we got there, and it was a wonderful time. We just enjoyed each other's company, enjoyed family and all that. Driving back, things were going good, and then it just started to take a turn. And then it just kept turning and turning. You know those arguments that start from nothing and then end up into something, but it's still nothing? And then you just stop because you don't even realize, you you just don't know where to go. Because it's like, I don't know what we're talking about right now. And it, it was just one of those things, and you know, I struggle with how to love her well. Every day I'm trying to figure out how can I love her better. And some days I miss it, and um, other days I miss it. <laughs> and um, it's just that thing, you know. But I think we all agree, like, we, ha- we have a sh- struggle with loving well. But it's interesting that we preach that we need more love. And so I think it's interesting that Jesus told them, hey, I don't want you to go love them. I want you to go tell them about me. 
And it's because Jesus is the only one that knows how to love us the way we need to be loved. The, the, true, the love that we need that comes from God is, is demonstrated in Jesus and what he did for us. And he's, the only, he's our only hope, I'm telling you. He's our only hope for what it really means to love. And so that's really what Acts chapter 1 is talking about. He's like, listen, I want you to go and wait for me to give you this, to say so, the green light. And then once you get that green light, you're going to be emboldened to go and tell people about me. And then that's where we are in Acts chapter 2. We pick up there. Can we do that? Acts chapter 2. It starts like this. Um, Anybody want to read? Cool, I'll read. On the day of Pentecost, y'all there, Acts chapter 2, verse 1. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm or a mighty rushing wind, some of your translations might say. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them disability or gave them utterance, some of your translations say. And so um, we'll stop right there just for a second. Most of the time, um, just talk to me about this. What's, what's happening right now? Too much. Too much. Let's start from verse one. We got four verses here. So what's, what's going on? They're in an upper room <laughs> on the day of Pentecost. Fifty. We're talking 50, 50 days later. Um, from the resurrection, you know what I mean, resurrection. Okay. So you're saying 10 days from there. Yeah. Okay, go for it. Um, huh? Right, ascended, not, not the resurrection though. Um, so they're in this upper room, 50 days after resurrection, 10 days after ascension. They met together. They're praying. There's a sound. Sound from heaven, violet wind. Filled with tongues. So, so if you were to, okay, put on your um, school hats, right? You all were in school at some point in time. So if you were to summarize verses 1 through 4, what are the main points that you would hit? What's going on? They were together. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke in different tongues. Is she the only one? Is that? <laughs> that's, that's a fair assessment. <laughs> <laughs> I know how y'all was in school. I could already tell. <laughs> what? Yeah, that. What she said. That was good, right there. <laughs> um, I second that emotion. So that's what's going on now. Now, interestingly enough, when you hear this text talked about or preached or taught in in any context, we pinpoint some particular things like there's a sound, right? or they were meeting in one place, or they were speaking in tongues. And so I've only ever heard people talk about the tongues and the sound and the meeting in one place. But I want to draw our attention to something that um, 
understand, I, I said that we need to understand um, the book of Luke in order to understand the book of Acts, right? Now, we need to understand Acts chapter 1 in order to understand Acts chapter 2, right? And even when we're trying to read Acts chapter 2, what you have to understand is the people that would have been reading Acts chapter 2 were of a Jewish culture. Now, this is written in the context of the Greco-Roman world. So in this context, they're not, they are understanding what's being said or what was written in a different way than we are, right? Language is everything. And so I could say something, my, my wife, I'm sorry, I keep using you, babe. <laughs> she, speaks, she speaks five languages, right? So she can, sometimes she says things that aren't exactly what you're supposed to say in the English language. Like, it's it just not put together the right way, right? And she's not thinking twice about it. And then there's some things that I, there, there are expressions that I will say, and she's like, what? <laughs> you know? And, and I think there was like, there's only a few examples that come to mind, but one, uh, the word spigot, right? She was like, what's that? And it's because she had never heard the word spigot before. And she's, and she's like, well, what do you do with it? <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know? You don't know what spigot is? Faucet. Yeah. So sink water, spigot water, you know. No, it's, yeah, it's, a, huh? Yeah. No, yeah. It's not a, <laughs> no, but, and so, those, um, there are a few of us who are Haitian-American, they come from different cultures, and, and so, there's just a difference. There are some things that we say that may be uh, interpreted in a different way, or just blow right over you. Like, I could ask for spigot water, and she'll hand me a bottle of water. You said, you wanted water, I just thought you was tripping up with what you were saying, <laughs> like, like, you know, <laughs> it's like, no, I want spigot water, it's like, well, here, <laughs> it's a bottle of water, um, and so what, what happens is we read the Bible, and we make those kinds of errors, right, they are saying specific things that that culture understood, that those people would just get, and we're taking it, and we're going, spigot water, I'll just give you a bottle of water. Like, wh- we think we know, like, especially in the, in the West, in, in our Americanized um, culture, we just think we are the elite ones, right? Um, it's ethnocentrism at its finest. We judge every other country by the standards of our own um, culture, and um, we, anyone that doesn't do it the way that we do it, we think less of them, right? Because we think that we're superior. And so that's how we are when we approach the Bible. We project our culture onto their culture. Oh, okay. So what's happening in Acts chapter 2 is interesting because um, th- th- he says a word, right? And, and he says, Luke is writing, and he says, there came a sound like a mighty Russian what? Winds, windstorm. And so a New Living Translation translated as windstorm, and other translations just say wind. The word that is used here is neo, in, in that, um, no, sorry, noe. And that word means wind. It also means breath or spirit. It's where they get the word pneuma, which is the Greek word for breath, wind, or spirit. Um, 
And so anytime you see this word wind, they're not necessarily thinking about the elements. Um, in our Christian community, for some reason, we are fixated on uh, the elements. We're, we love precipitation. I mean, you put some precipitation in a song today, and you've got a hit <laughs> worship song, right? Just rain, <laughs> send your rushing fire. <laughs> like We love fire and wind and rain and the storm and you know I don't really know what that's about but the emphasis was not wind here in this text and so the emphasis what they were what they were really understanding was there was this breath there was this spirit there and so go to Genesis chapter 1 because the same idea is is presented here in Genesis chapter 1 Remember, the Greek word that they used here was noe, which comes from pneuma, which means breath, wind, or spirit. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. Somebody read that, verse 2. All right, and so it says, the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters, right? Now, this word spirit is the ruach of God, which means the same thing, breath, wind, or spirit. And so understanding that God created the world, how? <laughs> Let me just list all of them. One of them be right. <laughs> he spoke... He spoke the world into existence. He said, let there be light, and there was light, right? Yeah. And, and so there, there was this understanding that it was not just this abstract, um, formless blob that was hovering over the waters, right? When you hear Spirit of God, it's not just this blob of God that's hovering over the waters. It's literally his breath that was, it's like this creative force of energy that comes from the breath of God that was hovering. He just spoke the world into existence. And he is this, so th these, you know, when you speak, there's breath in the atmosphere. <laughs> you know, it's lingering. And so it's almost like the breath of God was hovering over the waters. And he's using his, this, his, his words to create, to speak things into existence, right? And so when you go into, so this same word that, that, that we're translating into the Greek, which is pneuma, um, it's also wind, spirit, and breath. And so when you actually understand what's happening in this moment, it's not just this mighty rushing wind of hurricane that comes into the room. It's not just this lifeless, formless nothing that comes into the room that makes you feel like, ooh, something's here, you know? It's literally the word of God sweeping into the room. Now, remember, what are they waiting for? They're waiting for the Spirit, but they're waiting for God to tell them it's time to go, yeah. right? He said, I'm waiting for, he said, I want you to go to Jerusalem, and I want you to wait. I want you to wait for this power, but it, you're going to be my witnesses. And so they're waiting for his say-so. God, tell us when to go. And so we kind of look at this power as like some kind of like spooky, mysterious event. And, and what I want us to do is I want us to start trying to chip away at some of that stuff because I, I think a lot of times we have a hard time accepting what the Bible is saying is because we don't understand it. Mm 
right? And just because you don't understand it doesn't mean that it's not right. (laughs) And so what's happening right now is God is literally speaking to them. Literally. And, And I think that what's happening here, they're writing metaphorically. And so they're saying it was like a sound of a mighty rush. Have you ever heard God speak to you in such a way? Now, this is not everybody, but... Some of you who have like vision and, and have like someone, God put something in your heart. Like, it's like, yo, God came into my room last night and it was just like, it's like, did he really? <laughs> did he really come into your room? And it's like, you, it's not like a, li- a blob of God came into my room, but you know what I mean, right? And so that's how they're writing. A sound like a, a mighty rushing wind just came through and, 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 and it just filled us with this power. And what's happening is the breath of God, he's literally speaking to them saying, now is the time. Now is the time. And then it goes on. Let's, let's keep going. It says, um, then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them disability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, right? So this event's happening. People are speaking in these languages. And now everyone's like, what's going on with that? What's going on over there? It's like a lot of noise. So people was running to the scene. Hold on. Hold hold. And so... Um, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they explained. These people are from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, in the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas around Libya and Serene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, um, Cretans and Arabs, and we all hear these people speaking our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. And I am telling you, 30 years in the church, and all I've gotten from that is, yo, they spoke in tongues. They, they spoke in other languages. But you have to understand that, and I think our tendency is to kind of focus in on um, whether or not it's possible for that to happen. You know what I mean? It's like, now, so you mean to tell me that I should be able to just speak in Spanish? Right? You mean to tell me, so I should just be able to speak in, in, in Chinese, right? And our, our tendency is to focus on the possibility of speaking in these other languages. And, and so we focus on what they, we focus on how they were speaking, but the, the focus here is what they were speaking. It's not how they were speaking and, 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 what, and what language it was. It was the content. Like, what are they saying? They were telling people the wonderful things that God has done. Now, we get it. how do we get excited about the fact that they were doing something in other languages, but we're not getting excited about the fact that this is the first time since Jesus said, listen, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the parts of the world, and you're going to tell people about me. This is the first time since he said that that they're actually doing it, the very first time. 
They, they actually get a chance to tell, like he appeared to them. Like from the, he rose from the dead. Now, if you were the person who saw someone die and then came back to life, and he was like, I want you to tell everybody about me, but wait, not yet. Then he finally gives you the say-so. You go, and you're like, okay, finally I can tell somebody. Like, who just called me today to tell me? My mom just called me today to tell me something that she was really, like, excited about, right? We always want to tell somebody when we're excited. Jenny will call me at the drop of a dime over something she's excited about, right? Who, we're my people who just got to tell somebody. Every time something exciting happens to you, you got to call someone. We're my people who are, <laughs> now where are the people who are the ones that get the calls from excited people? <laughs> I feel your pain. <laughs> I understand. And, and the struggle to, to be as excited for them as they are for themselves, right? <laughs> Wonderful, yeah. <laughs> and so they, they are excited. We finally get to tell somebody, I saw some. I saw this guy rise from the dead. He was dead. He came back to life. This is crazy. All the wonderful things that God had done. And so they're, they're telling them this, but our tendency is to be like skeptical. And it's even happening in, this, in the passage. Look what it says in verse 12. It says, they stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? Isn't that what we ask? Like, what, what does this mean? Like, how does this, how does this, this is really applied to us today. Like, it says, what does this mean to ask each other? But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk, that's all. They're just drunk, right? We, we try to figure out, oh, that's, that didn't really happen like that. I'm sure it was some kind of other situation going on. And, and, and so we don't really accept the Bible's testimony because it has these things that kind of sound a little, uh, I don't know about that, right? But when we, it, what happens is we focus on the wrong things. The point of this is they were waiting for God to tell them to go. God gave them clearance to go, and they started telling people the wonderful things that God has done. They were emboldened to tell people the wonderful things that God has done. Now, if you don't think that's miraculous, cool. I, 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 I get why you think that, but here's why you need to know that that is miraculous. It's because they were killing Christians. They didn't, they didn't like people who were following Jesus. They, they were, this was not the popular crowd. This was not the thing that you put on your job resume. This was not the, the, the thing that you identified yourself with. This is the thing that if you were, you would hide in the upper room. This, this is what that was. And so for the first time, they were emboldened to be out loud about this. Now, let me tell you something. How many of you are emboldened to be out loud about telling people about the wonderful things God has done? Yeah. Right? It's, it's like some of us. <laughs> some of us in some times. Now, it's a miraculous thing if God stirs your heart and you just can't help but tell somebody what God has done. That's a miracle, and that's what's happening right here. It's not, this, it's not about the elements and the wind and the rain and the fire and all that and the tongues. It's not about all of that. It's about something supernatural that's happening inside of them to where they got this boldness, this courageous force that is telling them, listen, we got to tell people about this. And it just so happens they did it in different languages. So um, I remember when I was in college and um, I fell asleep as per, per usual in class 
They were playing this video, though, and this video was about people in other parts of the world who spoke in tongues as a part of their culture. And so um, I don't really know what the point of the video was. Like, I don't know how it connected to the class that, uh, mind you, this is a music school, so I didn't know what the tie-in was. But we're watching people, and they're, like, speaking in tongues, and it, it, it looked like, you know, tongues. Like <laughs> so before I went to sleep, I was like, hey. <laughs> and so, um, but at the video went off, and I just remember hearing, like, I don't, it, it was like, the, the professor was like, I don't understand how any free-thinking, rational, educated person could ever be a Christian. And so obviously, like, I'm like hearing this, I'm like, hold on, what's he talking about? So I'm like, arising from my slumber <laughs> right <laughs> and so and, and and all of a sudden like as you know how you just wake up your ears are still tuning to what's happening so as my ears are tuning into what's going on it was like a free-for-all bashing against christianity it was like you know <laughs> you're a dummy you're a dummy you're a dummy for being a christian yeah and it was like all these people just like i can't understand why you people would ever believe such a thing it's so phony it's ridiculous it doesn't even sound logical and all this stuff is going on and i'm just sitting there like you trying to fight like <laughs> what's going on and but the interesting is i did i wasn't hurt i wasn't like uh, I, I wasn't really angry. You know what? how I felt? I felt wrong. Not like wronged, like ED. Like I felt wrong. So all of my life I believed in this thing. And so they're showing this stuff and saying this stuff. And it actually makes a little bit, it makes some sense. And so in that moment I just felt wrong. Wrong about what I thought I believed in. Wrong about, you know, unsure about, like, is this even worth fighting for, you know? And so I'm sitting in there, and um, I, I, I wasn't the most participatory student. <laughs> is that a word? I don't know. And so I was, you know, I'm in this class, and so I'm like, should I say something? No, because you never say anything. So why say something now? So just be quiet. And plus, you don't have anything to say. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so I just sat there. <laughs> And then I left the class, and I was just like, man, you know, what's going on, you know? And it's just that gloom and doom, you know? I just, do I even want to be, do I even believe? No, I don't believe. I don't know if I believe. Oh. And it's that, and it's all because I, I was presented with an idea that sounded right, sounded great, it was logical, but I didn't have any understanding of what this book was talking about and how it really anchored and influenced my faith. Right. And so if you walk away from the book of Acts and especially Acts chapter two going, they spoke in tongues. You don't have a leg to stand on when it comes to being sure of your faith, because the point of this is not speaking in tongues. The point of this is not the sound of a mighty Russian wind. And I've heard sermons about the sound. Right. There's a sound. And there's a sound from heaven. And he's coming with this sound. And I wonder, I wonder if I got five people in here tonight who's willing to release the sound into the atmosphere. And we talk about the sound, but it's not about the sound. It's, listen, it's, it's not, it's very simple. It's very, very simple. It's about the wonderful news about what God has done. 
And that's anticlimactic, right? It, it feels like, it feels like, oh, <laughs> the wonderful news about what God has done, right? That's not exciting. But what about the sound? Come on, release the sound. There's a sound in the earth that's going to shake. The, and that feels great, right? <laughs> it just, it's just something that's happening. <laughs> it's just volume, <laughs> intensity, right? <laughs> But the, the wonderful things that God has done. Listen, what's powerful is God has done some wonderful things in your life that honestly would blow people's mind if you told them. Because really, people, don't, people are not as excited about the Bible as they are excited about you. And what happens is, instead of giving people us, we give them this Bible. And we say, here, believe. Believe. Why don't you believe? But the Bible says, well, I'm not sure that I care what the Bible says. What do you say? What do you have to say? And so it's this, you know, Acts chapter 2, we read this and we get excited, blah, blah, blah. But the thing we should get excited for is that for the first time they had an opportunity to share what God had done that they were witnesses to. And this is supposed to be an example to us. That, that the power of the Holy Spirit that comes into our lives is not about tongues. It's not about this, the releasing this sound and, and getting emotional. It's about being emboldened to share with people what God has done. That's what it's about. And so how, don't tell me you're full of the Holy Spirit and you're and Don't tell me you're full of the Holy Spirit and that's all you can do. But then you, you, you're, in, you're in your job, you're, you're, at, you're, you're in school, you're wherever you are, and, and you shrink because you're, you're ashamed to tell people what God has done in your life. You're not full of the Holy Spirit. You're full of... <laughs> <laughs> and, and what's interesting is whether we believe it or not, they believe this. Whether we believe it or not, Luke believed this. Like we are inserting ourselves into a moment in time in history where these people believe this. These people were shaped and transformed by the things that were happening at this time. And it was so radical. It was so real to them that they went to the ends of the earth. And it's the reason why you're here today. Like you are the result of their belief. And so... What, where, what are the results of your belief? Where, where does that lead us? And when we think about the future of the church, right? Do, 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 does that lead us to the ends of the earth or does it lead us just right here? <laughs> yeah, my beliefs, I've I got them <laughs> and they let me here. But will they lead us to the ends of the earth? Our hope our hope is that people would find literally a place of, of refuge, a place of respite, a place of hope here when they come and they encounter communities like this. But I guarantee you it's not because it's something that I'm saying from, from a platform or just standing in front. It's because they encounter people who have these amazing stories where, where God literally intervened in their journey. 
and, and they want to know, like, so what, is, what, is, what does this mean for you? There were 120 people waiting to hear from God. And when they finally did, they were given this confidence to speak for the first time what God has done. 